who is the future of the program for the Minnesota Golden Gophers football team after Tanner Morgan's final year of eligibility this year. We're going to dive into the options today and the answer might not be what you expect. Hey, you are no locked happens, on Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota uh, Golden turns out, Gophers. Whatever turns out, we're just going to keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. You're listening to Locked On Golden Gophers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Kane Robb, host of the show, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant, here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week, Monday through Friday. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on YouTube where we are building the community. And we're getting your feedback, we're getting your thoughts, and I appreciate it. I appreciate each and every thought, topic, suggestion, I love it all. So feel free to drop that in the comments on YouTube when you're going over there to subscribe. Also, follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Find us at Locked On Golden Gophers. We appreciate it. And let's dive in. This is this is going to be a good topic, a fun topic. And we're talking about who is the future of the quarterback position for the Minnesota Golden Gophers moving forward. Now, why? Why are we talking about this? Because Tanner Morgan is entering his last year of eligibility and we've had a lot of success with Tanner at the helm now it might not be the level of success that people want you know everybody wants a division title and I get it I want one too I absolutely want one but let's also not take it for granted I mean he's he's been at the helm of two nine plus win seasons he's been at the helm of 12 school records with likely more to be added this season he is a solid decision maker has very few turnovers takes care of the ball and we've seen the ability we've seen the higher end ability with tanner especially in 2019 and there's pieces of his game that you hope these younger guys do take with them one of those is anticipatory throwing or anticipating and throwing it open or throwing it ahead of seeing it and that's taken for granted i mean you can go out there and listen to jt o'sullivan you can go out there and listen to other quarterbacks coaches uh quincy avery i mean quarterback coaches will tell you that a characteristic that is 1000 percent necessary to succeed at the pro level is anticipatory throwing throwing with anticipation and there's lots lots of quarterbacks that can't do it consistently multiple times and Tanner has shown that especially in 2019 when in a system where he can think less and play more and I hope I hope and I truly hope that we see more of that this final season as well I think that he's going to be more comfortable it's going to be more fluid and I think we will see him thrive in that environment again We've seen flashes of it again in fall camp. Now, there's still growing pains. There's still learning curves. uh, And you're always going to expect the defense to be a little bit ahead of the offense when it comes to coming back together for fall camp. But he has that skill set. He has 
that timing down. And so hopefully some of these younger guys can also pick up on that and learn from that in his final season this year. It is a valued trait that each and every one of them could use, could grow with. So that is one thing that even if you are over Tanner Morgan, even if you are less of a fan of Tanner Morgan, you can at least appreciate that added value that he brings and hopefully can help teach to the younger guys. Now, all good things come to an end. We know this. Some fans might be happy with this. It might not be all good things in their mind, but that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about who is the next man up for the program, for the future of the program. As it stands, I believe there are five potential options. You've got Cole Kramer, You've got Ethan Kaliak-Manis, you've got Jacob Newth, you've got Drew Vioto, and you've got a, potentially a transfer quarterback coming in. But which of these options would be the best for continued success of the future of the program? Not just next year, but long term. We're going to talk about that. That's what we're going to dive into today. Now, the four main things that I think go into analyzing who is the next man up, who could be the next man up. Four main things I think you need to take into consideration are decision-making, arm talent and accuracy, escapability, and longevity. Those four things. So we're going to dive into those, and with the quarterbacks on the roster or committed, uh, we're going to talk about that. So that's what's coming up next. First, I got to talk to you about our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online is where you can go to find all of the latest trends in action when it comes to sports betting. They've got live betting, online casino games, esports, contests, you name it. But they've got more lines, more props, and more odds than ever before. In fact, they have now have all of the division odds up there on Bet Online. And we got to talk about the Big Ten West. It's a crapshoot for many people out there. Many people people believe there's multiple teams, maybe five solid teams that could all walk away with the Big Ten West, but where does it leave the Gophers? Where are their betting odds? Well, I've got it pulled up here in front of me. Wisconsin comes in at the best odds with a plus 170. Then Nebraska. Nebraska comes in at two, according to the odds makers at Bet Online, and they come in at a plus 350. Then you've got Iowa in third with a plus 400. In Minnesota at 5 with a plus 500. Purdue at 6th with a plus 600. Illinois, off. I totally jumped a number there. So Minnesota is 4th, Purdue is 5th, Illinois is 6th with a plus 3,300. So quite the jump from the rest of the pack. And then Northwestern at a plus 10,000. So really you're talking about 5 main contenders here and we've kind of known that. Wisconsin, Nebraska, Iowa, Minnesota, and Purdue. Now, me personally, I think Minnesota and Purdue have fantastic odds at winning this division. I think that those numbers being so much lower than a Wisconsin or even a Nebraska, those are numbers I'm looking at. And if you're in the same boat as me, feel free to check it out at Bet Online. Bet Online is where the game starts and it's where you should go when you're going for your latest and greatest for money lines, props, and odds. Bet online where the game starts. All right, folks, let's jump into this thing. So I want to talk about those four things that we had talked about 
decision-making, arm talent and accuracy, escapability, and longevity. That's what we're talking about with these guys moving forward. Now we're gonna start with escapability and we're gonna keep this one pretty brief because honestly, each quarterback on the roster behind Tanner Morgan has seen a lot of rushing production, whether that be in high school during their time as a prospect and in prep football, or even at the collegiate level. We've seen uh, Cole Kramer run for over 130 some yards in a single season in more of a rushing role. We've seen Ethan Kaliakmanis and Jacob Newth in high school run for a bunch of yards, use their legs as a weapon. And you've also seen it from Ethan in the spring game to escape and get out of the pocket. So overall, all of those guys have the ability. So it's a plus for him there. Now, Drew Vioto though, not so much from what I've seen on this tape. I actually see a lot of Tanner's game in Drew Vioto when watching him. He can step up, he can step through within the pocket and avoid the pass rush, but his he's always keeping his eyes down the field. That similar characteristic, he's not gonna outrun the edge. He's not gonna escape out to the edge and outrun. He has more of a stylistic approach of staying in the pocket, keeping your eyes downfield, and escaping out, or not really escaping out, but stepping up within the pocket, creating more opportunity for yourself. That's more of Drew, Drew Vioto's game. So that one, escapability, isn't really a favorable outcome for him on that front. Now, to the next part, we wanna talk about longevity. Longevity, the nice thing is that most of these options, you're going to get more than one year. In fact, all of them, you're gonna get more than one year unless you bring in a transfer option that only has one year of eligibility left. I don't think the Gophers would do that. I think even if they brought in a transfer, it would be someone that has at least the opportunity to play more than one year. Now, if they ball out and then they wanted to take a shot at the league, that's a different story, but they probably wouldn't bring in a guy who only has one year of eligibility left because you'd have to learn the entire system, get into the groove of things, and then you're gone. And then they got to start it all over again. That just doesn't make sense for where we are at as a program and what we are looking for developing forward. So I wouldn't ex anticipate that. <clears throat> so really, I think no matter who you get, who takes this rollover, they're gonna have more than one year in the position. Now, you look at Cole Kramer, he's got two years of eligibility left after this season, after Tanner plays this final season. Ethan will have three years left after the season. And then Jacob Newth and Drew Vioto both have four years left. So it becomes more of a moot point, but maybe could be a slight con for Kramer, just because if the program is looking for a long-term, multiple-year guy like we saw with Tanner, well, Cole Kramer will only have two years left, so it could maybe be seen as a con, but I wouldn't put too much emphasis on it as a negative factor. Now, that moves us to our third criteria, which is playbook and decision-making. So this category is where things start to shake out a lot, in my opinion. You've got Drew Vioto, who, to me, He's already out of the race, basically, for 2023. He very likely will not be the guy stepping up next year because he's coming fresh from high school, a year behind the other three guys that are on the roster currently, working with Kirk Shiraka, working in the playbook, developing with Tanner, and learning from his mistakes and his positives. So it just doesn't he's going to be very behind these other three options. On top of that, 
he only first started varsity football as a junior in high school. So what we saw last year, that was his first official varsity year. Now he'll have the senior year as well to continue to improve and what he did in his first year was good. It was rock solid and I'm excited to have him in the room, especially when his high school coaches are touting that he is a very cerebral quarterback. So he is a great guy to have in the room, even if they're not starting right away, even if they're in there, because they can look and see things maybe in a different manner than what Ethan will see or what Cole will see and be able to point things out and help the entire room grow. Even being a younger guy, being a cerebral player, especially at the quarterback position, it's not a negative thing. So bringing that type of guy in will still be helpful. Um, but overall, I think just the college adjustment and learning a new system will put him out of the race, and I wouldn't really count on it. Now, then you talk about Jacob Newth, who is there this year, but it'll really come down to how quickly he can grasp things within the next 12 months. It's going to be a camp battle, probably in the spring. I don't think we'll have a an official, this guy is the starter, even in the spring next year. I think it will come down to fall camp, and we'll see how deep in fall camp it goes, but it'll be a battle probably through the beginning of fall camp. So how much can Jacob Newth grasp within the next 12 months? And from what I've seen in practice, it's coming along. It's coming along slower, but his reps are extremely, extremely limited. Like even the rofer periods where you're playing your young guys and only your young guys really and getting them reps in the playbook getting them live looks well live not hardcore hits or anything but you get what i'm saying team period looks these rofers are getting he's only seeing a portion of those because they're still giving them to ethan who is also taking a majority if not all of the twos team period looks and even in last week's monday practice he got a handful of ones team period looks Ethan did so not only is he seeing opportunity a ton with the twos a little bit with the ones but he's taking a good chunk of the rofer period ones as well and you're just not seeing the opportunity for Jacob to really grow in in the environment in the live here you've learned about it in the film room you've learned about it in the meetings positional meetings but now go put it on the field. He's not getting a ton of reps there. So I do think he is a quite a bit behind the other two options, if you're asking me right now, and even progressing and predicting forward. I think he's going to be a couple steps behind both Ethan and Cole. So that's where I said things start to shake out. Now, Ethan and Cole have the leg up here, like I've said. Both have very limited reps with the ones in this fall camp, but do have a couple reps with the ones, which is valuable, and they've looked solid. They've looked like they can handle it. Then you've also got Ethan, who has a ton of team period reps with the twos, as I'd mentioned. One thing I noticed in these practices is that Cole was often the first guy up for twos when it came to indie periods, when it came to QB periods only, where or uh, routes on air, things like that. You're seeing a lot of Cole Kramer right behind Tanner Morgan. But when it came to team periods, seven on seven periods, you you saw a lot of Ethan coming in as the first guy after Tanner. So I'm not 100% sure as to why that is. I've 
you know, even ask other analysts within the Twin Cities area that have been covering the Gophers for years and years, what were their thoughts on it? And there's really no rhyme or reason that we can figure out right now, but it's really just getting them looks, I guess, getting them a lot of looks. Uh, they know the talent that Ethan has. So I do believe that overall, both those guys lead when it comes to the playbook and the decision-making. Now, Ethan sometimes isn't the best decision maker, especially compared to Tanner Morgan and Cole Kramer. I believe Cole may be the better decision maker. He's safer. He makes the safe or right plays more often. But Ethan has the arm talent and he knows he has it. And sometimes he takes risks that aren't really needed or would look. you'd look at it and you'd be like, why? Why are you doing that? Like, But as camp has went on, his decision making has gotten better and better and better, and I've been impressed with it overall. Um, Monday's practice last week was phenomenal for him, especially improvement in that area. So overall, I think that we're shaking out the kinks there, and it's getting more and more positive, more and more exciting, to be honest. But this really narrows it down for me to three options, either Ethan, Cole, or a transfer. Now, that said, all of that said, everything I just said, decision-making can be taught. Decision-making can be coached. You can coach that into somebody, getting them tons of reps like we are doing with Ethan, like I had mentioned. But what you can't teach, what you can't coach is arm talent. And that's the separator here for me. Ethan has the arm talent in this room that I don't believe anyone else of the current roster or the committed possess they just don't have the the arm dude's got a rocket for an arm he can throw from multiple angle arm angles he can throw for off platform he can do it on the run and there's honestly plays he makes that make you say how and wow i mean he's got a very special arm and one of the top quarterback prospects that have ever committed to the Gophers. So you know that they're intrigued by that as well. And even in the moments where you're like, why are you making that throw? You sometimes end up saying like, sheesh, that nearly got through though. Like, did you see it? Because even though he shouldn't have been doing that, I know you saw that. that. That's what he makes you do. He's got a special arm. And that talent paired with longevity of having three years, after this season, that with improving, de- improving decision-making that will continue to hopefully improve and grow throughout this entire season, you pair all that together, and I do believe he is truly and honestly the future of the Minnesota Golden Gophers when it comes to the quarterback position, but he won't just be handed the job, folks. They're not going to come into the spring and be like, yep, it's Athens. Like, I guarantee you that's not going to happen. It's going to be a battle. It's going to be something that we likely see a camp battle even maybe early in the fall, like I said. Something like we're seeing with Drake May and Jacoby Criswell, who are supposed to hear a starter name to today if you're listening when this episode drops. Quinn Ewers and Hudson Card, who we just got an announcement late last week. Luke Altmeyer and Jackson Dart. That type of battle. A young guy who has all the talent but can be raw at times. And a guy who's been in the system, maybe plays it more safe, is better decision maker we're going to see that type of battle. And really the only way 
that we don't head into something like that is if the steps that Ethan takes this entire season with Kirk Scirocco throughout the entire year, if he puts the decision-making worries to rest, if he gets out there and he learns this entire season and it just clicks and he is firing consistently and making the right decisions, and then, and only then, do I believe that you'll see early, maybe in the spring, that we see... Yep, he's named as the starter. Otherwise, I would anticipate a battle. But I expect the talent to win out when it's all said and done here, making Ethan Kaliak Manis the future of the quarterback position here for the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Now, although I believe Ethan is the guy, and I am excited. I'm if you've been listening to this podcast since we kicked it off on YouTube in April, I am excited to see him run with this job. I am excited to see him take it over. But I want to talk about one other possibility that could happen and is hardly discussed by other analysts. That's coming up next. Thank you again for listening to Locked On Golden Gophers and making us your first listen when it comes to gopher sports each and every day of the week. I truly appreciate it. We're growing something special over here for Gophers fans, and hopefully you'll spread the word to other Gopher fans as we continue. But the ultimate college football preview is here. A seven-episode preview with college experts, local team experts, and Odyssey college football insiders. It's everything you need to be ready for college football in one spot. Search for the ultimate college football preview on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Now let's close it off. Let's close this off. Like I said, I want to talk about one other possibility that could happen that others aren't really talking about. And that is a transfer potentially coming in. Now, do I believe that is likely? Do I believe that it is a high odds option? No, I don't. I do believe that the coaches here like the recruits that they've made. They like the relationships they've built. And they like the progress that they're seeing from those recruits. So I do believe we'll stick with a guy here. But I want to talk about the option because we are in the most transfer happy era ever, ever, bar none. We've never seen movement like this before. And it's happened on the flip. It's happened with Kai Thomas leaving, with Bucky Irving leaving, with Doug Emilian leaving, like even Jacob Clark. Jacob Clark went to Missouri State because he wasn't seeing the opportunity he wanted. So who's to say we don't have all the answers? Who's to say that somebody enters the portal and they're like, I want to play for the Gophers? Why would they want to, though? Let's let's walk down that path. Why would they want to? Well, if the Gophers put up a heck of a season this year, if we go out and win the Big Ten West, if we go out and compete and we go to the Big Ten Championship and make it a good game with Ohio State, go to an important bowl game, maybe the Rose Bowl, get a dub out there, like that type of success coming off of a 9-4 and four season where we had multiple key guys injured, coming off of the season before that that was full, the last full season before that, being an 11-2 and two season, and winning an important bowl game, 3-0 and oh in bowl games, come out and win the fourth one, a, a, a high-tier bowl game, 4-0 and oh in bowl games, recruits will take notice. You can only do it so many years and have success for so many years before people are like, okay, it's for real. It's not a fluke. It's not lucky. It's for real. So that is something that could draw interest here. 
And then from an unhappy talent at another player or another program that's not getting the opportunities they want, and they see and respect the upward trajectory of the Gophers, maybe they throw their name in there. Maybe they're like, hey, I am very interested in coming here. Similar to what we saw with Keaton Slovis at USC when Jackson Dart took over and we had Pitt who had an absolutely great year. They had been some success here and there, kind of middling prior to, had a fantastic year, saw Kenny or Kenny Pickett go crazy and get drafted in the first round, and then suddenly Keaton Slovis from USC is like, I'm transferring to Pitt. Or Jack Cohn to Notre Dame after he got replaced by Wisconsin with Graham Mertz. Went to Notre Dame. Or Charlie Brewer who went from Baylor because he knew he wasn't going to have the opportunity to start anymore. And goes to Utah where he eventually lost out to Cam Rising and now he's at Liberty. Like we could see that type of, there's guys coming up that could be like that. Kyle McCord and Devin Brown over at Ohio State. Now, do I think that they would come to Minnesota? Probably not. But one of them is going to lose the starting job next year, and there's no guarantee that they want to sit through it. Because whoever takes that over, if Kyle McCord takes that over as a junior, he still has two years. He's probably going to use both years because he's going to have to prove to NFL scouts that he's an NFL guy. So maybe Devin Brown doesn't want to sit. Hudson Card, who just lost the job to Quinn Ewers. He hasn't entered the portal, but you think he's going to want to sit around this entire year and then know that he's going to be the backup next year when he's got Quinn. He won't even be the backup. He'd be the backup backup because Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning would both be there. So you think he's going to want to sit around there? No. Whoever loses between Luke Altmar and Jackson Dart, maybe they don't want to stick around. DJ Uangalele from Clemson, if he gets benched or replaced by Cade Klemnik, there's a whole lot of guys that might not want to sit anymore, might not want to not be able to start, get replaced, and have to ride pine. No, like this is a transfer happy era. So I I don't think in the long scheme of things that the Gophers will go that route, but if the right talent and the right guy wants to head this way and they throw their hat in the ring, it is an option. It is an option, and I just wanted to put that out there because I feel like no one talks about it. Do I think it is very likely? No, it's probably under 30%, to be honest. If we had to throw numbers at it right now, it'd be 30% or less that that even becomes a real thing. But in a transfer-happy area, transfer-happy era where we don't know what's going on all the time, it's a possibility. That's going to do it for us today on Locked On Golden Gophers. Tomorrow we are talking about our wide receivers and could they put up numbers similar to what we saw in 2019 with Rashad Bateman, with Tyler Johnson, with Chris Bell at the time. Like, can they do it again in 2019 with the guys we have? We're going to talk about that tomorrow. I'll see you then. Have a good one.